I'm James Randi, and you're listening to the European Skeptics Podcast, the real ESP experience. You're listening to the ESP, the European Skeptics Podcast, an independent weekly show in support of European-level actions within the skeptical movement. The ESP is run by individuals representing different skeptical groups from across the continent. This is episode number 57. I'm your host, Andras Pinter, and joining me for the show are my co-hosts, Jelena Levin and Pontus Böckmann. Sziasztok! Всем привет! Hey Sam, hey Sam! How are you? Oh, not too bad! How are things? How are things? Very well. So here we are. I wonder if anyone will notice the difference, uh, because now we're doing the show uh, in the new format, which is not, well, not a hundred percent new. Uh, we just um, altered a few things. So let's see if you notice anything. We've got some very nice feedback for our uh, interview with uh, Richard Saunders. I, I just explained it to you guys uh, before we started recording that uh, we, we do have a saying in Hungarian that is uh, when the hangman is the one being hanged. And uh, I'm, I'm not sure that he would appreciate being hanged. <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, it's uh, this expression is widely used and not in situations when you want to hurt the feelings of the other person. So it's uh, it, it doesn't have a negative connotation at all. So, so it means that, you know, in this context, he's normally the one doing the interviews. Yes. And now yes, exactly. we had a chance to interview him. And we got yeah. some feedback on that as well. That it was interesting to hear something about Richard Saunders because you hear him all the time, but uh, you don't know a lot about him. So it was good. Yeah. And uh, we do have a lot of uh, planned interviews uh, going forward with the show. So this episode will not feature any interviews, but... Um, stay tuned. Yeah. Stay tuned for many, 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 many more interviews to come. There are lots of countries in, in Europe still haven't covered yet. Uh, so we do want to do something about that. And if you have suggestions, ideas, feel free to contact us because we want to know what's going on in your country. And if you want to share it with others, then you can come on the show and tell it. And if you want to get in contact with us... You can uh, find us on Twitter. Um, our Twitter handle is uh, espodcast underscore you. Um, you can also email us. Our email address is info at theesp.eu. Or um, you can visit our website, uh, it's theesp.eu. Also, uh, if you're on Facebook, like us on Facebook and follow us. And also don't forget to leave us the review on iTunes if you get our podcasts through, through them. Yeah. Even if you don't uh, and you have an iTunes account just uh, or an Apple account, just go and leave us a review that's good and <laughs> and uh while you're at it especially when you you like our facebook page please please do us a favor and uh and share 
our uh, posts, mm, yeah. especially those featuring the the actual episodes. Spread the news. There are people out there who haven't heard about us. I'm told. Spread the good news. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The good news. It's like waiting for the Messiah, right? No other comparison <laughs> intended. <laughs> okay. Yeah. 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 No. No. Okay. Shouldn't. Shouldn't even have gone there. No. No. So, since we're not going to talk about uh, events specifically, I would like to specifically mention our calendar that is still regularly updated, and. Uh, my comment of uh, us expecting a lot of feedback and you out there contacting us with uh, news and interesting things to talk about, uh, please let us know about your events uh, whenever uh, you find something. You don't necessarily have to be the organizer of the event. If you see something on a website or um, any of your local news, just let us know so that we can share it with others. Absolutely. We we keep uh, updating the calendar and we'll do that just as much as before. So, I think nothing can stop us from actually starting the show. And what else to start it with than this week in skepticism? So, Yelena, please enlighten us. So, this week I've been talking about somebody who was born on the 21st of January, 1854. Her name uh, was Eusapia Palladino. She was an Italian spiritualist and physical medium. Um, she claimed to possess um, extraordinary powers such as levitating tables and commu- uh, communicating with the dead through her spirit guide, John King, and um, other related supernatural phenomena. Um, Sorry, just a question. What's, yeah. what's a physical medium? Psychic mediums I've heard a lot yeah. about, but what is physical yeah, so- medium? So, so um, a physical medium uh, uh, is somebody who can move objects and um, uh-huh. do something like that. You know, something that you know you have to kind of physically show, rather than say, "Oh, I can feel the dead." Is is that telekinesis? Kind of, yes, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So. She actually was quite successful and um, she traveled around Europe in her lifetime. Um, Poland, England, France, Italy, America. And has she been traveling ever since? <laughs> as well. She's dead. As a, as a spirit, I mean. Oh, the spirit. We, well, we don't know. I've got no access to spiritual world. We have to ask the media. Uh, that's the problem of being a skeptic. We don't have access to these things. I know. I yeah. know. If only we open our minds. <laughs> oh, um, but she, um, she, like I said, she was very successful in what she was doing. She managed to convince a lot of people in her powers. Um, and I found various pictures of her so-called seances where she's um, uh, allegedly levitating a table or a, some sort of an object above the table and they all these pictures are, are horrendous quality I can't make out anything that's going on in those pictures and how can one thing that the tables in there I've got no idea um, surprisingly she always um, insisted on setting up her, her seances herself and uh, she had very rigid conditions of where she wants to sit, what has to be behind her, how big is the table, uh, how far she can uh, 
the table will be levitating. She could never perform seances, for example, standing up. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> yeah, so um, a lot of red flags. And throughout her life, back in the day, there were a lot of people who were, who were keen to investigate her powers because, of course, people are uh, fascinated with everything uh, supernatural. Um, and... Um, the investigators emerged, uh, similar to James Randi nowadays, who would question her powers and uh, would want to um, be present at, at the seances and check whether the, these are the genuine powers she possessed. But of course, every time um, a skeptic would uh, perform some sort of a, a check, they would find that she was using um, simple tricks um, that she obviously perfected in her lifetime to just um, be able to lift the table with her feet. Surprise, surprise. well, there's no surprise there, really. Um, and um, uh, the the way she would um, levitate some of the smaller objects, it, it was never anything heavy, is by attaching a hair, because you can't really see a hair, and pulling on a hair, you know, all these kind of things that... Um, probably people will go, oh, yeah, you know, that makes sense. You know, I could make something move with it with a piece of hair. I should really use that as a party trick when my friend's around. <laughs> Never tried that before. <laughs> but do we know that? I mean, I mean, of course, we sort of know that. But but was somebody yeah. explaining how she did it? Yes, absolutely. So, so all this, uh, all the skeptics were, uh, who, who did um, um, investigate her, her seances, they wrote uh, uh, articles and books about her and where they documented how they caught her red-handed. Ah. And, and she would have no problems admitting it and saying, well, you know, in this particular case I did, whatever. But um, but normally I do not. Some other <laughs> some other tricks of hers were never explained and so there was always this like aura of, <laughs> um, of something extraordinary um, there. But... Uh, but um, I have no doubt that she was just one of the fraudsters of the time. Mm. And of course, um, I think it's part, uh, part of the human nature to believe in something supernatural and something that's, you know, beyond us. But I always wonder, what, what was the point or what is the point of somebody who can levitate a table? I mean, like, why is it even interesting um, mm. or be considered anything? So, so what? The table is levitating. Who cares? It doesn't change anybody's life. It doesn't make anybody's happier. It doesn't uh, change the world in any meaningful way. It's just a freaking table levitating. No, it's the little things. It's the little things. Once you but, can, you can levitate a table. Yeah. You can start establishing that actually you are actually communicating with the spiritual world, and uh, then it unfolds from there. So mm. it's uh, it, it does make sense. It mm. it it really does. What you don't need in situations like that is the party poopers mm. the skeptics no, there's never much call for skeptics yeah. now yeah. but but also uh, one of the things that that obviously became apparent to me as i was reading about her is that she's been proven to be a fraud so many times and in every single country she went to whether it was poland or, or england or france um there were always investigators keen to uh, know where her powers come, were coming from but yet general population didn't care so she, somebody caught her so what you know she goes to another town performs another seance and everything is forgotten and she's all of a sudden the supernatural you know uh out of ordinary woman who everybody's in awe of um so 
I don't know, maybe if there was internet at the time and a better media and the channels to distribute information, it would have been better, uh, different, but something tells me maybe not, I don't know. <laughs> maybe people just uh, close their eyes and ears and, and just say, I want to believe she can move tables, yeah. <laughs> regardless of what other people say. But um, when I was talking about her uh, uh, insisting on, on certain criteria when she was performing her seances, um, after a few times of being caught, obviously, um, uh, she would uh, refuse to allow, allow someone beneath the table to hold, hold her feet with her uh, with his or her hands so you know because obviously she would use them to, to move the table she refused to levitate the table from a standing position why would anyone hold her feet because what what would happen during the seance or she was caught doing that once or twice or maybe even more times that she would um wiggle her feet out of her shoes so her shoes would stay, stay on the floor and then she would move the table uh, feet with her feet the table yeah with a knee Probably right. No, no, no. With a no, with a, with a actually foot. Ah, okay. Yeah. Oh. And um, she probably practiced to make it look like her feet are still on the ground, and yet there would be somewhere else. I guess if she oh. was wearing a, a a skirt or something like that, it, it would probably work. Mm. But yeah, um, the table had to be uh, rectangular. She had to, to sit only at the short side. No wall of any kind could stand between uh, Paladino at the table. Uh, the weight of the table was 17 pounds, no more, no less. And uh, it could only levitate between 3 to 10 inches for a maximum of 2 to 3 seconds. <laughs> um, pretty limited. Uh, uh, because her her feet were not yeah. strong enough to... Yeah, pretty limited to spirits keep it, keep it I mean, you, we can only we can do magic, but only this and that. Yeah, and not yeah, that. I, I know. Well, actually, if you think about that, if you think about that, all those details, the the detail detail requirements, uh, they emphasize the scientific sounding mm. nature of it. So, like, yes, in order for this to work, mm. we have yeah, to ha meet these criteria. And and that that gives it more credibility. Not in my book, but I can under I understand how you mean. If if you want, yeah, yeah. no, not not in your book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But in a certain way of thinking. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah. Yeah. So then, then of course, you also uh, like you pointed out correctly, um, Andres, um about um, spirits and um, the other world. She claimed to be able to call the spirits um, and so what she would do um, she would wrap a handkerchief around her hand and then um, use a phosphorus uh, paint to paint the uh, handkerchief and so and then because it was so dark in the dark this hand would glow and the handkerchief on the hand would, would kind of create this certain shape and she'd pre pretend that it's a spirit mm. that's that's pretty enough way but obviously people got got, got uh, tricked into it and there was an article published in the new york times titled uh paladina used phosphorus and um one of the people who was present at the seance uh confessed to having painted paladina's arm with pho uh, phosphorescent paint basically you know whatever she came up with there was always there were always people who exposed her tricks um 
I have also found some articles online on the websites, um, the, the websites who are still, you know, dedicated to, to people like herself. Um, and they praise her. They praise her for uh, resurrecting the medium uh, profession and uh, making it strong and popular again. And um, what a fantastic person she was because they honestly believe that she possessed these um, extraordinary powers. Regardless of anything that any skeptic ever said about her or any books and articles uh, printed. And so still, to this day, I believe there are people who think that she was genuine. I'm sure. She was a genuine fraud. <laughs> you can be a genuine in that too. Yeah. If you're serious about it. <laughs> I'm sure there's many, many, many... There are many, many people like her around the world who use or abuse people's gullibilities in the way that she did when you started talking about the um, the handkerchief put on the finger it, it brought up a very very nice memory because we used to with my twin sister we used to play together all the time and uh as little children we were playing with small handkerchiefs put on our fingers and we played out whole stories, long, 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 long stories with those being being actual characters. So yeah, I can I can relate to that. Oh, those being <laughs> being the spirits. Yeah, but you, you, materialized spirits. You, you didn't try to charge people money for believing that the handkerchief is a spirit. No, but we ourselves we believed that those those were the the the, the real characters. Yeah. <laughs> fun all right all right <laughs> so thank you very much Yelena. and i think it's time to move on to our news segment we we talked about uh, fake things uh frauds and everything we've had it up to here um in 2016 right so even the oxford dictionary uh expression of the year was post truth mm. And Facebook was accused of playing a very important role in uh, spreading nonsense and pseudo news and fake news. And uh, finally, towards uh, the, the middle of December, they issued a statement that they are trying to address hoaxes and fake news and the problem that uh, they are spreading uh, on Facebook, which is a good thing. It's a, it was about time, I think. And there are four important pillars of that. One of them is uh, it, it, they are trying to make it easier uh, for uh, Facebook users to report fake news and hoaxes, which is a good thing because now, if you think about it, now it's, it's a several step process and you, you just don't bother. It's... Even if you find something that is that is definitely a hoax, it's, it absolutely doesn't make sense and it's it's absolutely fake. You don't do it. You just it's just too tiresome. So it's a good thing to do, making it easier to to report, flagging stories as disputed ones. So they're going to use third-party fact-checking organizations, including um, Fact Checker, including uh, Snopes. Uh, ABC News and uh, Politifact, and they're going to use some a pop-up window will will appear when you are about to share something that that was 
uh, rated as hoax by these fact-checkings, or not necessarily a hoax, but it says disputed by third-party fact-checkers. So this is going to be a line, and you can still decide whether to go on with the sharing or not. Mm. Another thing was uh, it's so-called informed sharing. So somehow they are planning to to indicate whether actually reading the article you're about to share makes it less likely for uh, to to share the article as opposed to just based on uh, the title of the of the article which happens a lot people don't necessarily read the article they just see the title and and share it right away so so do i understand it correctly that facebook is going to warn you if you do that you haven't read this article i'm sure you want to to yes. share it ah that's yes. good and and they're going to try to um so there is going to be a ranking in terms of uh, how visible a, a certain post is. There is a ranking right now, and it's based on how many likes it gets, uh, what what you like in terms of what appears in front of you, and it it will it will rank lower if it's uh, if it's more likely to be shared if people haven't even haven't actually read the article, and. Um, the other thing is is they are trying to attack spammers and uh, uh, trying to filter out uh, spams and uh, getting back to the, the, the first page, the, the, the first pillar that is uh, making it easier for everyone to, to report it. So I think it's it looks promising. Uh, obviously, there are some issues with it there can be issues there there are difficulties it's not very straightforward but the the fact that they are trying to find a solution to the problem i think it's it's very welcome it's it should be welcomed by the skeptical community worldwide and apparently it has been so skeptics around the world seem to be very optimistic about the the changes um the other thing is that it all boils down to which third-party fact-checkers they're going to use or mm. they're going to work with. But I guess they because can change that. If, if it turns out that some of them were not yeah. good, they can change it. Yeah, it's it's probably going to be um, an ongoing thing and, and um, dynamically changing uh, environment. So, yeah, yeah, mm. why not? Good. Yeah. Truth fights back. Yeah. Well, I've just recently learned uh, what post-truth actually means. Yeah, appealing to emotion um, uh, disconnected from the detail of policy and... Uh, Instead of facts. Basically ignoring the facts. So that's pretty scary reality to be... Yeah, but I think, I think that it, it really hit us very hard during last year uh, yeah. in politics, but also in, in science and in pseudoscience. Yeah. And and I think it's uh, it's interest. It's an interesting concept. It's good that it's gotten a word actually, because that means you can talk about it e more easily. And yeah. it's good to see that some are trying to fight back. Well, I've, I've recently, <laughs> for the for the reasons that um, Anders just explained on Facebook, that um, spread of fake news and. Just constant sharing. I've gone off Facebook um, and I don't go on there as much as I used to. Um, I've, I've now started following some of the newspapers and um, trying to read the articles um, on via other 
re uh, sites and websites and resources. And so um, what I've noticed is that some of the um, well, I think all actually all newspapers, it doesn't matter what, what newspaper I take or what website I'll take, um, they all have uh, these wonderful comment section where people w would um, just criticize every single article by saying, we can't believe anything that's written anywhere on in any newspaper. They just all everybody's still shouting. This is uh, this is fake news. So whatever you see, if you don't like it, if you don't like the newspaper, if you don't like the article, if it doesn't um, align with their worldview, people can just say fake news. Hmm. Yeah, and and I really don't subscribe subscribe to the notion that, uh, for example, every every politician is a liar. Um, Neither do I. But this is what happened. This is the whole trust has been. Yeah, I, I I know and I understand, but the problem is that this is this is how we lose ground. Yeah. On things, sure. so like if it's it's not it's just not true. Uh, obviously, if someone is politically motivated, then you have to uh, approach whatever they say with suspicion. I I totally subscribe to that, but saying that all politicians lie constantly lie and they should not be believed yeah belief is not not the right word so trust it yeah there there is a huge difference sometimes in what they say and how they approach things and when we think about uh european politics like europe-wide politics uh look look at what's going on in different countries around around europe it's it's terrible that this is this is why only those people, those politicians, are trusted by the by many people, uh, a large enough number of people, who are who are saying saying everything, just just without considering the effects or or the consequences, uh, because that's what people what people believe to be the truth. Hmm. This is this is how how people like Trump could could gain ground and gain support and this is this is how our prime minister could gain gain support and this is this is what's going on in the UK uh look at what's going on in France yeah. with uh, the Le Pen and uh and and people are watching closely what's going to happen in Germany I'm pretty sure yes it's Absolutely. a huge country with huge influence and others all right yeah i think we shifted a bit from the original topic but uh, <laughs> yeah it does have a connection i think to, we'll come to... back to the same thing uh, looking forward in, in today yeah, yeah 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 i think we we're going to mention it uh, for several times so what else is there so our listeners may remember that we talked about james randy not so long ago he got uh, uh, a prize in austria the heinz oberhumer award for 2016 and uh, this is just very short to mention that we that the the ceremony or when he received that prize is now on YouTube and we will link to that on uh, on the in the show notes so you can all see James Randi how he received was this in December or November can't remember I think it was in in November so do that go to YouTube and and, and see James Randi receiving this award. And the good thing about that video is that uh, obviously part of it is in German, part of it is in English. And uh, when 
the speaker speaks in German, then there's uh, English subtitles, and the other way around when James Rendy speaks. Oh, how clever. So, very good. Yeah, it is. It is very nice. Mm. Um, it's not the first time I see uh, something like that with a... Uh, with a German-speaking documentary or video. That's mm. that's very often the case. It's, it's cool. It's a nice way of making it available for uh, for others. Uh, talking about making available stuff like information and correct, accurate information, we, we often talk about Wikipedia and how uh, Wikipedia editors can make a change, can make a real change. And um, we've interviewed Susan Gerbic, uh, two of us have been uh, members of Susan Gerbic's um, project, Gorilla Skepticism on Wikipedia, and uh, it's happening in several languages uh, that uh, skeptical editors are trying to make a change. And this is how Wikipedians had a bit of a clash with uh, an acupuncturist. And uh, that acupuncturist uh, is a guy called uh, Dr. Mike Cummings, who's or, I don't know, who was probably, uh, I'm, not, I'm not, not sure if he still is, the medical director at the British Medical Acupuncture Society. And um, he wrote um, a blog post complaining about the state of the Wikipedia article on acupuncture, the acupuncture page. Um, and, well... Can I smell we, the uh, the Streisand effect here? Uh, kind of probably, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know about the Streisand effect? If you don't know, it's it's when you try to get something off or away from the internet, and by doing that, you instead put everybody's attention to it, so it spreads even more. So he started complaining about um, Wikipedia and the Wikipedia page, and based on the lead text. Um, he says, Wikipedia has branded acupuncture as pseudoscience and its benefits as placebo. And then he goes on about why acupuncture is not pseudoscience and why there is lots of scientific studies uh, behind it and everything like that. And then he goes on criticizing Wikipedia for the references. That uh, he says, the acupuncture page is extensive and currently runs to 302 references. <laughs> but how do we judge the quality or reliability of a text or its references? He's he's criticizing Wikipedia for uh, using, in his eyes, doubtable references, uh, and how 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 you would be able to decide whether those references are reliable. Well, uh, Wikipedia has very strict rules to follow. When it comes to that, and the, the the reason why it's a good thing that it's a, a community editing Wikipedia articles, is that because there is always someone who picks up what what you got wrong, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and uh, and this is this is how it develops and how a page is developing. It's not necessarily the ca the the case in other languages because because obviously naturally the the community is smaller in other uh, language groups but um, the english english articles are they the english articles do have a tendency to be to be very well written and very well referenced as well uh thanks to those wikipedians out there and those wikipedia editors among whom uh there is the great susan gerbic whom we love 
and uh, respect very much. Um, but it uh, generated some um, fire out there. So this guy wrote an article. Okay, that's that's fine. But then came the reactions on science blogs like uh, Edzard Ernst's blog, Respectful Insolence, uh, Orak, who's also known by the name David Gorsky, uh, also um, a very prolific author of uh, uh, one of one of the bloggers of science-based medicine. So he wrote an, uh, a very long piece on uh, on this attack how this guy uh, mr cummings attacked uh, and well it backfired in a way because uh, now um on the talk pages of, of these of the wikipedia article there are very interesting conversations and debates so i do recommend everyone to check out the talk page yeah. because and it's... you can and you can do that even if you're not an editor yourself absolutely absolutely when when you go on a wikipedia article you see the article and there is another uh button that says talk and if you want to see who who has edited the wikipedia article then you go on view history and uh, then you can see what happened and and when it happened and uh, who the person was. If you see only an IP address, then it means it was edited by someone who doesn't have uh, an account or didn't use their account, which is a cowardly thing to do, in my opinion, when you edit Wikipedia. But yeah, um, mm. other than that, it's uh, it's pretty, and that's what's best about Wikipedia that it's totally transparent hmm. so you know exactly what you're dealing with very good so we have a, a new year of course nobody's missed that and the swedish skeptics association also known as vof vetenskap och folkbildning has awarded uh, their yearly awards and there's one shaming award what you would call a maybe a bent spoon award or something and there's mm. one positive award for somebody who's done something really really good so the shaming award if we call it that or as it's the, the literal translation is a bit strange in in english but it's called the obscurantist of the year but it's uh, about some if somebody's done something to obscure uh science or to to confuse people about what's right or wrong this award um, goes to uh, some of the people in a story that we have talked about before, I think several times. Uh, if you remember the Macchiarini scandal. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so, in uh, the Karolinska Institute? Exactly, exactly. So that was about uh, Paolo Macchiarini, who was a researcher at Karolinska Institute. It uh, is a... Uh, is a uh, well it's an institute uh, that uh, drives research and science in, in, in Sweden uh, what happened was that the Paolo Macchiarini uh, had some fraudulent uh, research which convinced uh, Karolinska to hire him and then he performed uh, uh, several surgeries which uh, uh, unfortunately tragically led to at least six deaths the award doesn't go to to him, to Macarini, but to the former board of Karolinska Institute. Not not because just because they let those things happen, but also because they tried to cover things up afterwards. Because there was already in 2015 there was a report 
saying that something is not right here. This uh, research seems badly done and there seems to be irregularities here. And they stood behind Maccarini and let him continue until last spring when everything was uh, you know, brought to light. So um, they get the, the Obscurantist of the Year award from the Swedish skeptics. The positive award, which is called the Enlightener of the Year award, goes to the science editorial at Sweden's largest morning paper, which is called Dagens Nyheter, or DN for short. They get this because they have reversed the trend of cutting back on serious science reporting and instead made a real effort uh, in reinforcing the science department, uh, their science department, uh, and they have done an excellent job during the year. Uh, I want to quote uh, a guy called Don Katz, who is uh, the press officer at VOF, who comments uh, what he calls the arbitrary flow of information which bombards us all online. Uh, and he says, In this turmoil, the science editorial of DN is shining like a beacon of facts in the dark. Oh, nice. It's very, very, very poetic. <laughs> I think uh, very, very eloquent. Uh, but I think it's true. And I think to some extent, I do see the pendulum swinging back a little bit. We, we've talked about before the metro uh, in Sweden who has yeah. this uh, viral monitor. And, and th there is, seems to be a demand for truth in the world. So DN has done a good job of that. And lastly, if you go, if you happen to be in Uppsala on the 19th of January, there will be an evening meeting organized by VOF where you are invited to come and discuss the awards. And the details and links to this meeting are, of course, in our calendar, which you should check out. Cool. Talking about science and the scientifically rigorous approach to problems, um, it is very important to to know when science has gone wrong or some something has gone wrong. So this is why um, I think I've talked about this, but uh, one of my favorite uh, web pages that I follow is uh, Retraction Watch. And Retraction Watch closed um, a very, very productive year. They started um, a new thing in January. Uh, there, there is a, a, a year-end review uh, article on uh, retractionwatch.com, and uh, it's broken down into month uh, what what they've achieved and what new things uh, they came up with or what happened to them. And uh, yeah, in January they they launched a retraction watch, which is a digest of of a daily posts. In March they published their three thousands post which is absolutely amazing then uh, they go on as to what partnerships they started to build and uh, they finished uh, the article with some numbers uh, it says the cumulative page views since uh, the pages launch in august 2010 are more than 25 million which is wow. pretty impressive yeah. <laughs> uh, Thirteen thousand people are subscribed to the email alerts 20,000 Facebook likes have been given to to them and they have 16,000 uh, Twitter followers. So it's pretty good and they should be followed by as many people as possible, especially skeptics, because it's not 
it's not only necessary to know something about what's going on on the field of pseudoscience, but when it comes to bad science and when when science goes wrong, that you want to know about as well as a skeptic, because you need to know how science deals with those problems and retractions are one of the means that uh, scientific journals deal with uh, with misconduct yeah yeah and they they do a good job also i read it uh, once in a while and it's not it's not just that they report on all the retracted uh, studies that are there they also comment on that this person yeah. has now 21 retracted uh, studies behind him maybe we should be careful with the next study he publishes uh-uh. <laughs> it could be in a way misleading because obviously you don't necessarily want to commit um, an uh, argumentum ad hominem. Um, no, but, but you could be a bit careful. When someone, yeah, but you yeah. can be careful because someone, if someone has eight or ten retracted articles because of scientific misconduct, then you probably won't trust their work that much. So you w- will will be much more rigorous when you try to evaluate their work because you don't want to cite something, for example, that, that is based on bad science. No. And, yeah. and they also celebrate people who are doing things good. I read just the other day about yeah. a person who had... Uh, uh, they they really commented on a guy who 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 had volunteered that six of his own it was six mistakes i think it was that he and he contacted the the journals and said hey i found errors in my research you better uh, post a correction and and, yeah. and then they put yeah. that up as a good example and say this is how science should work yeah and sometimes they post even interviews and stuff so it's very yeah. interesting and uh it it is not only a useful tool for skeptics around the world, but uh, it often reports uh, scientific issues uh, from Europe. So, yep. for example, we mentioned once it was uh, it was at the University of Naples, where um, and it's still uh, they they have a list of their best stories of 2016, and um, that story is among the t- the top ten. I think that was all about our news and mm-hmm. uh, things to talk about. So uh, we do have a regular segment uh, or, or several other regular segments. One of them is logical fallacies. So I'd like to ask Yelena to share a logical fallacy with us. This week I will be talking about the logical fallacy called Tokenism. Tokenism? To- to- Sorry, uh, bad, uh, joke. No, bad joke. Just Sorry. continue. It was a bad joke, really. <laughs> <laughs> just ignore me. Basically, it's when one interprets a token gesture as an adequate substitute uh, for the real thing. It can be a practice or a policy of making no more than a token gesture as an offering of um, opportunities to minorities equal to those of the majorities. Uh, and it is used in is- instances where a person does a little to no work and implies that it was a lot. Um, in view of current president-elect Donald Trump, I can think of many things he's said <laughs> and done, well, said mostly, that were token gestures. 
because we also observed how he behaved and um, it, it contradicted his, uh, his words. An uh, example of the token gesture would be when um, an all-male company um, decides to diversify and hires one female exec to be on the board of that company. So that's just a token gesture to show that they do care and they do want to give women um, power and um, responsibilities in that company, where really if between 50 male uh, execs only one is a female, that really isn't enough and uh, the company should do more. So that, that is a tokenism um, in this instance. And also anybody who says, um, well, I've heard it very many times, you know, um, well, I'm not racist because my, um, I've got a black friend or I'm not racist because I've got an Indian friend. It's also, it's like, it doesn't mean anything. It's, it's one person doesn't, you know, it, it's your actions that, that kind of measure your racism or not racism. Yeah, I know. I know people who are who keep saying that they are not homophobic, but, uh, but because because they have a, a homosexual friend or several homosexual people yeah. who who they whom they like. Uh, yeah, but does that mean that you are not homophobic when you uh, otherwise uh, keep bashing them for mm. for practicing their their rights and. And being in love with the with people from their their own gender, it's just yeah. I think we've heard all heard uh, examples of this. Yeah, I didn't know actually. I haven't heard the term uh, as a, as a logical fallacy, but it makes a lot of sense. I just used to. I, I just used to think that people were just full of shit. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah, but you can be sophisticated, and you can you can express it in ways like this. Yeah. Like you are now practicing tokenism. Yeah. Good. Thank you. Don't commit tokenism, people. No. But uh, obviously, it's it's an interesting thing to talk about uh, logical fallacies, and uh, I think it's very important as well to to be aware of all these. But um, I think it was discussed at length on um, Skeptics with a K recently, and I really, really agreed with 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 what was said that committing a logical fallacy and recognizing a logical fallacy in an argument, for example, doesn't make you right. It doesn't mean mean that you're automatically right and the other one is automatically wrong. It means that whatever they say, not necessarily, uh, it doesn't necessarily follow from 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 another thing. So th- th- it could be a non sequitur, but but it doesn't mean that they're necessarily wrong. Right. And we have to keep that in mind. Yeah, and also also I think they pointed out a very important thing. Uh, don't point out to the other party when you argue with someone now you committed a logical fallacy that doesn't help the situation at all but it's just outright arrogant to do that yes but recognize the logical fallacy and remember how to argue against it instead explain what the person why the what the person said doesn't make sense or doesn't lead to what the conclusion that the other person wants to lead to because you said this, but that doesn't actually lead to this. 
use it that way instead of saying now you committed this fallacy therefore i'm right yeah not do not be a dick do not be a dick it doesn't help nobody listens yeah to, to a yeah dick. And, and if you always point out those logical fallacies to your opponent you just sound like a know-it-all um absolutely annoying fucker who yeah. who will not be able to convince anyone of anything good yeah so we will keep keep discussing these logical fallacies because they are important and they are important to know and especially about ourselves because sometimes we do commit logical fallacies all of us do and it's it's a way of improving our own way of thinking and our own logic that we try to avoid these logical fallacies sometimes we just cannot it doesn't mean necessarily mean we're wrong but some people are wrong anyway so i'd like you pontus to tell us who's been really wrong lately really wrong yeah as we've already pointed out uh, we are not a political show but that doesn't mean uh, we cannot talk about political topics if it concerns pseudoscience or uh, even conspiracy theories The Sweden Democratic Party has over the last five years gone from almost a non-existence that they weren't heard of before and now they are Sweden's third largest party. Uh, The latest uh, polls I saw uh, rated them at 17% but that makes sure that the old uh, political uh, situation in Sweden doesn't exist anymore where you had one social or social democratic uh, coalition on one part and you had the the conservatives on the other now it's very hard to uh, create a, a government in 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 Sweden that has a majority in the parliament anyway that's not why I'm talking about them um even though I have to tell you full disclosure i don't like them very much <laughs> but it's not just because they are xenophobic nationalists uh, uh, with only one focus and that is that everything bad is because of foreigners it's also because they excel in motivated reasoning mm. that means that they have once and for all made up their minds in certain topics and then they do they interpret everything uh, in a way to fit their worldview So last week they have uh well they have an environmental spokesperson called Martin Kinunen and he suggested that we should uh, cut the funding to uh, SMHI which is the Swedish Meteorological and Hydrological Institute. So this is the institute in Sweden it's a government uh, run institute that uh, monitors basically the weather right mm-hmm. um because uh, according to uh, the swedish democrats uh they are part of a conspiracy uh among uh, other things overstating the sea level changes and promoting that there is something called uh, climate change but there there is a very disturbing trend here and that is and again relating back to what we've talked about before this is to deny facts and to deny science and try to silence uh, uncomfortable information and this is particularly worrying when it comes from politicians 
uh, it's really, really dangerous when politicians try to control scientific facts. Uh, I am surprised that even though that this has uh, received quite a lot of attention in the media in Sweden, only the Green Party has tried to publicly uh, denounce this suggestion from the Sweden Democrats. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, using your ideology and potential power in the parliament to cut funding to very clearly objective and very neutral uh, institutions to cut their funding because you don't agree with what their scientific findings are, uh, it's really despicable. It's really something we need to stand up against, regardless where we stand in the political uh, our political uh, views. But a certain, from a certain standpoint, sorry, from a certain standpoint, scientific worldview and the scientific view of things is not natural. It's not, uh, sorry, it's not neutral. From <laughs> yeah. a certain, certain maybe not even natural point of yeah, view. I, I agree. Yeah, <laughs> definitely not natural. Um, <laughs> it doesn't come natural. But sorry, explain what you mean. That is not no, 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 neutral. no, no, no. Because because people, uh, when when you based on science and the scientific facts, you try to criticize a certain standpoint, um, you you get easily get accused of uh, being brainwashed and uh, by science and the, by scientific thinking, your your way of thinking is distorted towards science. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, it's it comes. I'm pretty sure it comes partly from not understanding what science is all about. But who's, uh, yeah, the question yeah, it's remains. That's more that I think. I think. Whose fault is that? <laughs> yeah, I do think that that uh, that science is, or good science is, neutral and try to be very objective, as objective I do as ag- possible. I do agree with that, but yeah. it's not how a lot of people perceive science. Correct. So anyway. For ignoring facts and science, the Sweden Democratic Party gets today's prize for being really wrong. Mm. They're calling on cutting the funding, but uh, have they succeeded? I should I should add to this that that at the current situation they don't have any influence of, on in the actual policies in the parliament uh, because the the other parties so far have refused to collaborate with them at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, you know th- there is a danger. You know they've been into in the parliament for for a while now, and uh, I can see signs that it's getting to be normalized that they are there. In the beginning, there was a lot of outrage. How could they even be get one foot into oh, the parliament? Yeah. But you know, if oh, they've been yeah. there for a number of years, then the other parties start to maybe we should uh, collaborate with them a little bit. Blah blah blah. And I see signs from the conservatives now that they are doing that. But now we're getting into politics and not science. But at, to answer your question, at the moment, uh, they don't have any power as such over the policies in Sweden. There is there is a huge danger in this, by the way. Yeah, um, they are Hungarian counterparts, Jobbik. Um, they have achieved something terrible because the government which is um, supposed to be a right-wing government uh, they try to to gain back ground from them what what they had great gained before 
um, in terms of support, public support, by by getting even more extremist than this party yeah. themselves yeah. in their policy, policy agendas and and that is terrible because they want to they want to win win back the vote their voters by uh, by overtaking this this party's nonsense i think it's there's an international trend that you get more and more extreme policy yeah. You know, the the right goes even further to the right and the left yeah, yeah. goes even further to the left left because it's not fashionable to be in the middle anymore. And they want to overtake one another in terms of yeah. uh, who's who's the more extremist. Yeah. To be sensible <laughs> to be sensible does not count for anything good anymore. And that's no, 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 crazy. No. <gasps> Welcome to the to European politics podcast. Well, I, I do think it's uh, unavoidable in a way. Yeah. Because uh, it's part of our lives, and critical thinking should really filter down to politics yeah. and uh, internationally. Unfortunately, critical thinking doesn't filter down to politics, but uh, the poll numbers do. Yeah. Now we're all depressed. I can see. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm gonna have to drink another beer. Yeah. Um, <laughs> have one for the me. Beer is in order. Mm. All right. Thank you very much, Pontus. Mm, sure. It's not nice to hear that even in Sweden things like that go on. Mm. But I think on a positive note, it's nice to hear that they don't succeed. So far. They haven't yet, yeah. Um, but that br brings us to the end of the show, which means uh, we have only one more thing left to do, and that is Yalana sharing a quote with us. This is a, a quote from Serbian-American inventor and an engineer, Nikola Tesla. Ooh. He said, the scientific man does not aim at an immediate result. He does not expect that his advanced ideas will be readily taken up. His work is like that of the planter. For the future, his duty is to lay the foundation for those who are to come and point the way. He lives and labors and hopes. Wow, I think I, I love it when when uh, scientists get so so philosophical and you know uh, and poetic looking, in a way, isn't it? Poetic and philosophical. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I I agree. I mean, it, good science is that way. Yeah, it's um this is but but it's it's again something that uh, not many people understand and uh, unfortunately not even decision makers sometimes that uh, this is why public funding should go to science mm. because it shouldn't be it shouldn't be subject to to different agendas and capital gain it should because sometimes it's just about learning about the world and how it works and you never know what comes out of it mm. and it's i think nikola tesla himself is a very very good example of that he was just curious to the extreme, and uh, he was not—he was not the, among the most successful when it came to going out to the market with with whatever invention he came up with. Mm. Oh. one of uh, his his bosses, his boss was uh, Thomas Alva Edison, and uh, and he was very successful at that. Yeah, he was a, he was more a businessman than an inventor in a way. Yeah, 
He really knew how to make money out of out of yeah. inventions. Yeah. Hello, Richard Saunders here from the Skeptic Zone podcast, a podcast for science and reason from Australia. Every week since 2008, the Skeptic Zone has brought you reports, interviews, and investigations from all around the world. We have many listeners all through Europe. That's the Skeptic Zone podcast at www.skepticzone.tv. It never ends. A friend starts talking about his new Reiki master, and someone else just posted about another all-natural cancer cure that they don't want you to know about. As skeptics, we dedicate a lot of time trying to protect those around us. But there's a way that you can reach millions. Guerrilla Skepticism on Wikipedia is a group that is working to keep the best skeptical information at everyone's fingertips in all languages. Join us. Training is self-paced and fun, and we have our very own super-secret Facebook group. You will be educating the world in your sleep. To find out more, email us at gsowteam at gmail.com. Gorilla Skepticism. The time is now. Music by binsound.com. This has been the European Skeptics Podcast episode 57. I'd like to thank both of you for joining me today. Thanks, guys. Thank you very much. And I'd like to thank our listeners as well. Please keep listening and please keep sharing our episodes so that uh, we have more and more listeners to follow us. And until next week, goodbye. Goodbye. Ciao, ciao. Bye. This has been your ESP experience. The show is produced and recorded by the ESP.eu. Join us again next time, but until then, please send your feedback, comments or death threats to info at the ESP.eu. We would also love to hear your ideas and suggestions regarding future episodes, as well as news from your country of residence that might interest others across the continent. If you have a local event or organization to promote, please don't hesitate to let us know as we are more than happy to help. All music in the program was written and performed by Keisha J. Gray and George Schraub and is used with their permission. Please check out our webpage at www.theesp.eu, follow us on Twitter at espodcast underscore eu and like us on Facebook. I don't know how you can believe You're listening to the ESP, the real ESP experience. <laughs> no. That's no. not that's not right. No, that's oh, not right. Well, I, like I think that. I'm gonna I, I think I'm gonna uh, start using again the intros. <laughs> oh, origami. We can hear the <laughs> paper. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit what it's gonna what make happened? noise yes of course oh bollocks okay um i need to, to kick my cat out of the room yeah one sec feel free do it feel free kick it
Kick it, we, we are, we do love, we Kit do God. love animals on this show. No cats were hurt in the recording of this show. Or, or, or at least we won't report her. Uh, yeah, at least as far as we know, because Jelena just left her room and what she's doing behind, well, in the other room, we don't know. Hello. Hello, welcome back. Did you kill the cat? Huh? No, curiosity killed the cat. Curiosity killed the cat. That's yes. what I've heard. 